Finds Depay. Memphis Depay. Goes for gold. Done just that, he scored! Juninho's done it! Oh, the stadium has erupted here. The relief is palpable all around. There's Nabil Fick here. Shoots and scores! Well, there's a finish in a half from Nabil Fick here to double the Leon lead two minutes before half time. And Manchester City in real trouble on the opening night of the Champions League. Oh, it's in again! It's Dembele again! And he's come off the bench to score twice! I'm your host Liam. As always, I'm joined by Tom. Tom, hello everyone. I'm very well. Um, you know, transfer deadline is is approaching, and the end of our misery as well. So um, here we go. <laughs> yeah, misery seems like a good word considering what the uh, context of today's episode is going to entail. And Jonathan, as well, you're joining us as always too. How are things with you? I'm good. I'll try to stay positive today. I'm going to say that this is the beginning of the end for Olas. So that's something to hopeful to look for. The beginning of the end. No, this is the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure when it will end, but I don't think it will end on a positive note. Uh, starting on a positive note, though, we um, we do have a victory to speak about. We were talking about before the episode. It's the first victory since Brest, which was four episodes ago. Um, that tells you where things are at with Leon, And it was against a fifth division side. Um, I guess the main talking point from the game is... Again, we're through to the next round of the Cup, which only seems like the glimmer of hope you could have on a possible successful season. Although, considering we've got Lille in the next round, that's not likely. Um, Lacazette scored a hat-trick. It's good to see the captain among the goals, as always, Tom. Yeah, I don't think it's the hardest hat-trick he'll score in his life. But, um, you know, I, I think, from memory, all of them are either from the penalty spot or closer. Um, which, you know, as I said, not exactly the the, the hardest. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's uh, being a, a pure number nine, being at the right place at the right time, having good service. I'm sure we'll talk about um, uh, Bradley Barcola's performance as well, who was, who was pretty decent. Um, and, you know, it, it's, as we, we've talked about over the last you know, few months and, and years of this podcast about, oh, this number nine needs to get uh, 20 goals in this season. You know, mostly it's been Dembele who's had those expectations. Um, I do also remember us trying to, to predict that Yilm, uh, not Yilmaz, um, <laughs> Slimani would get like 15 in the second part of the season. So that went really well. But Lacazette seems to be approaching uh, the 20 goal mark. Uh, I think it's... 14 in the league or something along those lines and and maybe four um in, in the cup uh, so and and there's a few assists as well so he's he's proving to be 
a bit more clinical than he was in the last few stages of his Arsenal career. Um, he's still playing like he did at Arsenal, you know, sort of being that link-up play player um, and moving around. And when he needs to be in the box, he is in the box. So good on him for, for getting the goals. Um, you can criticize maybe his, his personality and the type of leadership he has, um, which has not always, you know, been favorable according to the fans but you know he's coming up with the goals and I think without him we'd be even worse uh, so um, seeing as uh, the situation is going on with Dembele uh, you, you do hope that Lacazette keeps up this this form and, and continues scoring so happy to get to the next round you could definitely tell um, that Chambéry were were not a Ligue 1 side uh, I won't go into the um, the dynamic of saying, you know, there's this Angers player who went out after the... Ben Taleb went out after the, the his game against the sixth division and said very openly to be in sport, oh, we could definitely feel the difference of level. I, I can't believe that you journalists wouldn't see that. I'm not going to say that because that's really harsh on amateur football, but good on them for getting there. It, it's a derby, uh, which we played at home uh, instead of away, <laughs> technically. And and we, we won it. So good on us for going through the cup. Uh, we have a really great game at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday against Lille, which uh, should get a lot of supporters in the stadium, I'm sure. And uh, an early exit on the cards. I guess that's the, 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 the big positive we can get from that. Yeah, 6 p.m. on a Wednesday just sounds like an absolutely horrific time ahead, although... Speaking in the present, as you mentioned, Tom, leaking to my next question for you, Jonathan, is Barcola, who possibly, considering what the second half of this episode is going to be on, might be getting more minutes with the exit of Tokowakambi, putting a good performance, and that's certainly sure with his assist for Lacazette's third goal as well. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to be maybe a little harsher. I, I thought Barcola was not wonderful. He had a great goal, great goal, great move, you know, a great highlight reel. But he wasn't that active or present during the whole match. And you have to also recognize who he's playing against. I think he's he's a good prospect. I'm I'm still concerned that he's now the only player at that position for the whole rest of the season. That seems a little light to me. Um, but yeah, he's got the physical attributes to be good at that position. He's uh, um, team, you know, oriented. He doesn't do what Toko does. He's not individualistic with his choices. Um, so that's very helpful to the to the team, um, and he really wants to play and puts the energy and and that's what we like to see. Um, I just think he he still has room to grow. He's not the player he's going to be. You can tell that he still has a lot of progress to make to be made. Um, but in that match, it was good for him to play the whole ninety minutes, and he kept playing all the way to the end. And right at the end, he actually had that assist. So that's when he got his highlight and his um you know punctuate his great his good performance. So. Um, you know, good start. There's just so much more to see, and he he, he just is is really far, I think, from what he could be when he's he's older. You know, and some players at this at 19, you kind of feel they're kind of ready. You can they kind of look like they're what they're going to be. But him, he has a lot of room to grow. And I don't want to put him right in the position where he's a starter every game and he has poor performances, and then he's gone forever. And that's kind of harsh on him. No, I'd agree. I mean, was he spellbounding? No, he probably, considering who was on the right-hand side, getting two assists as well. The first two goals almost being mirror copies with Shirky playing in Tete and then Tete assisting Lacazette for 
what seem like simple tap-ins and were simple goals, but you've got to be in the right position at the right time. It wasn't easy to compare the two, but moving forwards as a left-sided forward, you want to see someone like him playing regular minutes again coming through the academy. So it's nice to see that from the front as well. And the cup games are the moments to give those players opportunities. Uh, speaking of that dynamic then, Tom, in terms of Shirky and Tete, Lacazette linking up, is that something that gives you a bit of hope that we can possibly find some common ground and attack moving forward with some difficult games in the league or what will be much more difficult games in the league to come in the next round of the cup as well? I think it was definitely positive to see Tete performing again. Um, he was obviously one of the brighter talents we had when he arrived a, a year ago or a bit less than a year ago. And obviously, there's a very small chance that we'll sign him up. And obviously, there was also rumours this week of, of him even leaving before the end of the season. So um, I'm actually happy to see him thrive again. You know, he's a, he's a great talent. Um, not quite in the same situation as Barcola, but he also has, still has a lot of developing to do. He's only 22. Um, so seeing him with a smile on his face again and, and being able to perform is great. You know, if you, you compare it to, to Fevre's situation, um, you know, it seemed like both were on a down, downward spiral over the last few weeks. So um, if we can get Tete once again firing and, and assisting and maybe scoring some goals as well, That'd be great. Seems like the the, the technical understanding with, with Shirky is working really well. And as Jonathan's been saying for, for the last few, well, decades, I guess, is, is that Shirky, once he's given the keys, he can really do anything. So um, once you have that trio firing, uh, well, that obviously is going to help a lot uh, if we can have a good defensive solidity behind them. Um, so I guess it's, I'm not saying it's whoever plays on the left is going to be fine. But there's a bit less pressure on on whoever's playing left. If it, that is Barcola, I guess now that Toko Kambi's left. Um, so if there's really good right attacking side, then Barcola is a bit less under pressure and can just sort of pick his moments in the games and still be performant. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, any sort of consistency which Joel have lacked for what seems an eternity in terms of forward areas. I don't think there's been a consistent front three really probably since it was Memphis, Toko and um, Kadawere starting week in week out so if you can get some consistency and chemistry working in your forward line it's going to do you the world of good and I think those first two goals showed that somewhat although again considering the opponents no disrespect to amateur football in France but it needs to be taken with a pinch of salt you need to see it continuously week in week out against stellar opponents and that being teams at the top of league and if they do it in the next round of the cup brilliant that's what we want to see i guess talking about the defensive unit or the mentality of the team as a whole lovren's comments at half time were interesting jonathan questioning the mentality of the team possibly that some players are playing too slowly the tempo's not high enough taking five six touches what did you make to those comments? And, you know, considering obviously Lovren's been there, done it all in terms of his career winning Premier Leagues and Champions League. We discussed that when he arrived. But questioning the mentality this early after being in the team for two weeks, is that a good thing in terms of what he'll bring to the team? Or do you just think that's a negative thing considering it's taken him such a little while to notice that? I mean, there's a little bit of both, what you're saying. Um, I mean, it's he was brought in to be 
the guy with the loud voice who's going to tell people you're not doing good enough. But like in any group environment, when you just come in and you right away say, you know, you're shit or you're not doing enough, it's not always well received. You have to earn the right to speak in the locker room. It's not just because you're a loud mouth and you have a history or whatever. So I think it's to be careful because we know how sensitive the Lyon locker room is and how there's so many different groups and and it's very easy for half the locker room to just ignore him at some point because he's thinking like the same with Boateng. I'm sure Boateng came in with the same ideas where he was trying to tell people to do. And they were like, well, even though you're a world champion and everything, we don't want to hear it from you right now because you haven't earned the right to be a leader. Um, not because you're leading one team, you're leading a new team. It's, it's a completely different locker room. So he has to be careful with that. But of course, the mentality is very important. It's very important to show that he wants more. You know, many times at 2-0, You'd hear the guys say, oh, good half, doing good, let's keep going. But he was unhappy, which shows that he has a higher standard of, of, of perfectionism and, and, and you know, his level is higher. Um, and, and I hope that that transmits you know, to the whole team. But it, it's difficult because it doesn't just take one guy and he has to be followed by the group. He has to be a leader. I don't know if he's the leader. Um, and, and so you have to hope that the, the coach is also – has to be part of that. I don't know if the coach is really that guy. He doesn't seem to me like a perfectionist and everything is shit and you need to go work harder. It's kind of like everything's okay and you guys are good. So Lovren, uh, and just want to say also Lovren's been a good signing so far. You know, we have the personal issues. We're not going to go over that again. We all have our personal opinions on certain things, but in terms of his quality, he was a good recruit. Um, I still have concerns with the length of the contract because, you know, two years from now, you might not want to be paying a salary, but, Right now, he's a good option for the next six months. I mean, he's a definitely competent, and the Lukeba Lovren duo is going to be a good legal pairing. I mean, I have a hard time thinking that that's there's many pairings better than that in, in the legal. So, good recruit at a cheap uh, transfer fee, um, and a player who knows the house. So he didn't have that much, you know. He knows Leo in the city, so it wasn't difficult for him. So, good transfer so far. He showed all the good signs, but like I said, it takes time to see if you actually gel in the locker room. Yeah, I guess from a short-term perspective, it's a good transfer, as you say. I was a bit more concerned of the fact a football club that's also very close to my heart has done this in the past in terms of unpaid wages, the point you make in 18 months' time when he's possibly not in favour if we sign another centre-back, which you would you would expect in the summer. Although knowing Leon's transfer policy, that's not to be, a, that's not to be guaranteed. Um, if he's not as in favour as he is now, what sort of dynamic does that create? But again, for now, moving forward, improving the defensive structure, it's a good start to the transfer window. That kind of swings nicely into the second sector of this episode. Um, what a week is what I would say in terms of the transfer perspective. It seems to be a lot more out the door than in the door, or there are some rumours, particularly at right back and in midfield as well in terms of possible incomings. And we're recording on Thursday, so there's only five days left of the window and it's going to be a very busy five days at well. But we'll start with what we've discussed so far somewhat in that first section. Tokwa Kambi has left to a league and rival, one that we've not, well, to be quite honest, every time we play them, they embarrass us at the moment. Um what are your thoughts on that transfer? He did want to favour the move to Spain and sign for Celta Vigo, but Leon had agreed terms with Wren. Funnily, considering the relationship between 
all higher ups at Wren being at Leon before and that ending fractiously. Um, what are your thoughts on Tucker Camby making the league and switch to a direct rival to Wren on a loan until the end of the season without a buy option, Tom? I think it's the buyer option that I'm slightly annoyed about. Um, there was definitely, I mean, we'll get to, to Jeff afterwards and he had a, an option to buy, but the fact that there's no option to buy is a bit annoying uh, because we're going to end up with the same situation as, as Dembele, I feel, as much as Rennes is not the same level as, as Atletico and most likely Toko Kambi is going to play the first few games because of all the injuries that they have at Rennes, otherwise they wouldn't be recruiting the worst player on the wing in Ligue 1. Um, so, you know, it's, it's... We know why this transfer has happened is because Shiru is probably still friends with Florent Maurice and, and Genesio. And, you know, Genesio has been in the press this week and talking shit about the club again and feels like he does this transfer... Not this transfer, but is like news talk every year, so more or less at the same time of the year, saying how poorly he was treated and so on. And so he's like, oh, oh well, come and save me. Come and give me some of your players. Um, and I'm sure if, if financially Ren could, they would probably take Cherokee. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit annoying. But realistically, are we really in the same field as Ren at the moment? No. Um, does Tukun Kambi make us better? No. So... You know, it, it's good for him. It's good for the club to be out of the door. It would have been better if it was a permanent transfer, even better. Well, it was better if there was a transfer directly. It would have been a slightly good option to have an option to buy in the summer or an obligation to buy. Um, but none of that's going to happen. So I guess we try and negotiate again. There we go. Uh, in the summer with, with Ren, possibly, or Celta Vigo if they're still interested. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's. I guess it's good for everyone. It's a shame that's a league on rival, but that's the way it is. Yeah, it's not. It's not ideal. That's probably the only detail that you would probably criticise the transfer for. Although possibly, as me playing levels advocate here, I think listeners to this podcast are all aware of our disappointment from Toko Akambi's performances. Obviously, we spoke about it last time. The incident walking down the tunnel. From a team perspective, Jonathan, which you've mentioned already, that only leaves us with Barcola, who was probably the standout option on the left. Shirky can play there, but he seems to have found his home as the number 10. Do you think that really weakens us as an attacking outlet? And do you want to see the club go out there and sign someone on the left in the last five, six days that the remain of the transfer? I mean, I'd be alarmed. I'd be really... I mean, you can never be shocked at this club, but I would be really shocked if they don't get an attacking player. I, it's, I don't know how, with Dembele, who's gone, basically the whole season is going to be Tete, Lacazette, Cherki, and Barcola. That's the whole season. That's it. There's no bench, no one else. Awar possibly might be able to fill in the role for a few seconds. Um, but really, it's not... And Renata is not at all available. Um, so I I think they have to recruit. They have to add, like I've said from the beginning, a really talented player. And they were going to spend, I think we don't have to talk about this, they were going to spend nearly 20 million euros on a Brazilian midfielder. So the thing, they don't have money. I don't know. I mean, if they have 20 million, they have 20 million to put on, on a different position. 
So uh, I, I don't. I think if if anyone has any brains, they should do it. But knowing how Lyon works right now, um, I don't even see any rumors of anyone in that position. I don't hear any of that. All I hear are right backs and midfielders, and so I'm I'm totally surprised. I have no idea what's going on. If Cherki somehow leaves, I don't know what this even means for the club. Uh, I think it's 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 ludicrous to think that Dembele should have a role anymore. I mean, if you think that he's the other guy to play, that's crazy. He's totally out of it. And against Shambury, he had that crazy miss where he just so doesn't doesn't care. I mean, we didn't talk about that, but the, if you see that miss, it's just it just he's not involved with the club anymore, and so. I think, and we talked about Barcola, he needs another person to help him. Um, and Tete, even Tete could leave. There's rumors that he could be bought out by, by Leicester. So this is, our club's in shambles. Our attacking part is in shambles. We have enough midfielders. Sure, we don't like the quality of them, but we have enough. So um, Olas, Ponso, they have to get one. But knowing this club, they never cease to disappoint us. And I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Cheru just doesn't find anyone that gets him going or I don't know. And there's no one available for free. It's not because we're not we're in the winter. So no one's out of a contract. So he can't even just get someone that hasn't played in a while. I think Tovan. Oh, Tovan's the only rumor. I saw Tovan rumor. <laughs> and at first I thought it was fake, but then in Mexican news, they acted like it was real. So if it is actually the option, he's the really the only rumor there is to play. And, you know, at that point, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, the last thing I want to see is uh, Florian Tovar in a Lyon shirt this winter. That will push me over the edge, if all these rumours haven't pushed me over the edge already. Um, you mentioned one there in terms of Shirky, but I'm going to come back to you on that, Jonathan, considering you're our resident Shirky fanboy. I think one of the things we're probably going to get on this episode is the possible increase in listeners from Chelsea fans, considering... Malo Gusto looks set to be swapping Leon for Chelsea. Obviously, Leon don't want to sell this winter, but when somebody slaps 40 million euros on the table, Leon find it extremely difficult to say no. What can Chelsea fans expect from Malo Gusto, Tom, and how detrimental is it to Leon in terms of the fact the fact we'll only have five days to find a replacement? We're not going to find a replacement. We're going to rely on Kumbedi and, and just move on with that. And then we'll bring in Lazari from the reserves. And that'll be it. Um, as so many fans have said, it's not enough to keep a young player for under a year as a professional. I mean, obviously, Gusto had his first appearance under Garcia in the derby, but didn't really play regularly until uh, the Europa League last year. Um, so I think his first performance must have been in October, something along those lines with with the Rangers game. Um, anyway, something along those lines. So it's more or less a year since we've we've had him in the first team, and he didn't really start regularly until January or February when Dubo got injured. So it's it's just not good enough from the club if he really leaves this time round. Um, Olas obviously come out today and said, oh, he's with us until the 30th of June 2023, um, which is so laughable. Uh, it feels like the contract's already signed, but they just want to defer payment or just defer uh, the anger of the fans. Um, 
as so many again have said, um, you know, we trust Hugo Gime more than Olas because every time Olas says something's not going to happen, it happens. Happened with Bruno, it happened with Paqueta. Um, hopefully, it doesn't happen with Shirky and Gusto. Um, what I find interesting for Chelsea is that it feels like Gusto might be out just as long as, as Rhys James. Maybe not quite as long, but more or less close. So if they really want Gusto as a replacement for him to, to start, then he's not fit yet. Um, he's, he's a fantastic runner. Uh, that I'll give him that. Um, he, he, he crosses really well, uh, at least when he's in form and, and fit. Can't say his defending is very good, um, and I don't think it's it's improved slightly. But I think that's the real problem I have with Gusto is that even with the injuries he's had this year, there's been no real progression since he came into the the squad last year, uh, which is slightly worrying. As much as he's still a runner and and a great crosser and so on, um, he didn't really get along with Tete uh, in that sense, well, at least recently, and. Yeah, he feels like he's constantly out of position, uh, and just the panic clearance he had against was it Stras- last episode, whatever it was. Um, I can't remember who we played, but that panic clearance, yeah, Strasbourg, um, absolute mental. Um, so that that's also a sign of a player who's not, you know, confident in his abilities, like he was a year ago. Um, I don't think he would have made that mistake a year ago. For example, so I think there's been progress in certain elements, but he's regressed in others. So I don't think currently he's not worth the the forty million we want for for him. Um, he can be that player again, and I think it's a shame he chooses Chelsea over something like. Well, I mean, Trippy has been a player of the season, but I was thinking more of Newcastle and and. And Manchester United, but if he chooses Chelsea, then so be it. Um, feels like they're going to pile on the talents and have a fifty-man squad. Good for him, but he's not going to play once Reese James comes back. So, you know, it's it's not great for the player and it's not great for the club either. I think you make some fair points there. A couple of things I wish a bit more context. But it's a personal preference on Shirky. Shirky Gusto, apologies. Shirky's going to be my next question. Um, I feel like Owell are extremely reliant on him as one, a progressive passer, two, a creative threat in the final third. Like he, He's the highest, until he got injured, he put the most crosses into the penalty area than any player in Ligue 1. Um, sometimes not with the highest accuracy either, but again, when, you, when you're spamming in six, seven crosses a game, you are eventually going to find someone, although that's saying that he's only got one assist this season. Um, his numbers all around as well, he's often high up. His pressures are extremely high for a fullback. Um, and I guess his tackles and interceptions have gone down. But again, he's always, as you say, it always feels like he's on the retreat rather than being in position to be able to stand a man up and jockey. And again, I think that again comes from the fact that Leon are far too reliant on Gusto to be the man in the final third, the way that Liverpool are on Trent Alexander-Arnold, the way that Chelsea are somewhat on Reese James, to be a spare man in areas to pick out somebody in the box. So transparency is key, I would say, in terms of the criticism. But again, defensively, he has got work to do. And if he's going to go straight into Chelsea 
and B, you know, displace Aspliqueta, who doesn't have the legs that he had three years ago when he played every minute available to him in the Premier League. That might have been four years ago, but even still, point stands. He's not going to be... It's going to be difficult to see him go in and make an instant impact, but under someone like Potter, I wrote about all this in an article, which I will attach to this podcast, Forget French Football News. I see him being the sort of player that can massively improve just based on the fact that you've seen Potter do it with players time and time again. And he's that diamond in the rough profile where you see he's got all the makings of being a top-level fullback, but people are expecting too much from him too early. And Leon, a prime example of that, in the way that he's sometimes a target defensively because of the fact he's so high up the pitch every 15 minutes because Leon can't create anything for themselves in the final third. Um, the other creative element in the final third, I would say, is Shirky. And if we were to lose him, it would be detrimental. Obviously, context for the rumour is around 15 to 20 million euros. Paris Saint-Germain have opened talks with Leon this week. L'Equipe have reported as well. So this is probably one of the more reliable rumours that we're going to speak about in this episode. Um, over a fee transfer this winter replacement for Pablo Sarabia not really sure why they need a replacement for Pablo Sarabia considering he played like 500 minutes this season before moving to Wolves as our shirky fanboy lover expert Jonathan what are your thoughts on this muted transfer I don't expect it to happen considering the club situation although nothing is impossible when it comes to Leon, but how would you feel if he was to leave, especially to a club like Paris, who are one of our biggest rivals? Honestly, when I heard the rumour, I was from Likib especially, I was floored. I was so shocked. I started cursing, woke up my kids. I was just like, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. But then it came out of the, the, the amount of the transfer and I started thinking, no, Leon can't be that silly. There's no way they're selling him for 15, 20 million in the middle of the season. I mean, and there's no way he would agree. I mean, you can't say never no way because the amount of money on the table is, is so much, but, you know, for him and his family. But you would think that Rand finally got an opportunity to start somewhere, get some minutes, um, you know, show that he is the player he thinks he is. He's finally the number 10 of Lyon. I really think he, he wouldn't want to leave at this point. You know, a few months ago, he probably would have totally been down to leave. But now things have changed with with, uh, with Blanc and I think he's in the right spot and he can, in six months, can show you know, who he is. Even if you look at the social media and see the PSG fan base, they don't respect him at this point. They're not even thinking he's good enough. So why would he want to go somewhere where he's not respected yet and they think he hasn't proved anything? And so I think he needs to stay. But Olas, I don't put... Olas doesn't care about anyone. All his comments about... Oh, you're a you know you're a kid of the club or enfant du club. I'm not a translator English, but you're like a product of the club, and so we're taking care of you. But this other person, Gusto, is also a kid of the club, but what he's different. And then Guiri is a kid of the club, but he's different. And then everyone's a different. You know, they're all from the same you know, formation. And Olas just treats everyone differently. But also, Olas will never say no. Honestly, he'll never say no to a good amount of money. So I, I can't put it if. If clubs like PSG or like Chelsea want a player and they really want the player, they'll get the player. There's just no way they can be rejected if they just keep putting money on the table, you know. And so 
the only hope is you'd have to see something like happen with the Wolves and Jao uh, Gomez where he said no to Lyon. He literally stood his ground and said, I am not coming even though my club agreed and I'm not going to this club. And that's what I would hope Cherokee would do with PSG that he would say no. But look, once again, when you're offered, you know, four times, five times your salary, it's hard to be in a position where, you know, you would say no. So uh, on, a, on a sporting team, on a, on a Lyon perspective, losing him would be catastrophic. I mean, Fev would be the only guy who could replace him, but he looks like he's on the, he's not here anymore either. And Renadid is obviously not functioning athlete anymore. So honestly, and Awar is not going to play a number 10 role. I mean, he could, but I mean, he's just, at this point of his career, he's totally needs a new start. And Awar is a super talented player. And I know he has it in him to be a top player or you know, good, solid player, but he needs a new start, a new coach, new environment. And so it's not at the you know, It'll just make him even more depressed. So I don't know what they're doing. I'm hoping that Olas has something up his sleeve. Um, but yeah, in the, in the summer window, he could be gone. Yeah, it's it wouldn't be a shock considering that contract. He, you know, I think, what, six months ago we were talking about him possibly not signing a new contract and leaving the summer. He did sign a contract. But if my memory serves me correctly, it was only a two-year deal. I could be wrong, but it was a very short-term deal. Two years with an option of one year, but we don't really understand what the option is. I, I, someone told me it was like a certain amount of matches, but right. I don't know if that's a thematic thing or if it's a player option. So you think in that respect, his, his thought process was that I'm going to have to make a decision at some point anyway, and I know PSG, are, when you've got a front three like they've got, it's very difficult to displace that front three. You look at the way PSG play as well, He's not going to be able to play as a 10 like he's at Lyon, although there's always two plays reserved off one at PSG, a bit narrower. But even still, he's not going to replace even one of those. And again, um, Ekitike is coming to some form recently as well. So there's another player to contest with. Um, I don't think it would be a good move for him, considering the fact you two have just said that shirky has been given the keys um, to OL at the moment. And he is the... I guess the beat your team, you've got Lacazette putting the ball in the back of the net, but the one who looks like it's going to do something and create something in the way he has in recent weeks has been Shirky. So if we lose him, it will be really catastrophic. Speaking of things that are catastrophic, Tom, um, not in a good way, you know, not in a humorous way at all, really, for Jeffrey and Adelaide, it seems to be one setback after another. He was rumoured to be joining, well, he was going to be joining Severe. He was there in Seville having uh, medicals only for them to do a, U, a U-turn on the deal, saying that he wasn't up to fitness to be ready to make an instant impact at the club. Obviously, they need players to make an instant impact, being in the relegation zone in La Liga. What are your thoughts on this saga? You know, Jeff's not really made an impact at Leon either this season and has rarely looked fit when he's played. Are you shocked that this has happened? And where do you see Jeffrey and Adelaide going from here? Well, obviously, there's mixed um, sort of stories on this. Some say, yes, it's lack of rhythm. Uh, I think that's the, the main element. Monchi, the director of football, uh, sporting director, has come out from Sevilla and sort of defended his choice and said, oh, there was like liquid in his left knee and uh, there were other injuries here and there, which wouldn't surprise me either. You know, obviously, he's done both his ACLs and um, it's, it's it, I mean, the, the body of the guy is, is all over the shop. So, 
I I don't know if he'll have a career like Gokuf had, but I fear that might be what it's becoming. Uh, he's got a really fragile body. Mentally, doesn't seem to be there either. Um, then again, he seemed to be quite close to Kokambi, and not having that influence around him might help. I don't know. But if he sticks close with, with the likes of Dembele as well, it's just like it's sort of the ostracized group of the club and that's not going to help him mentally and when he's coming in he doesn't have the the mental strength to, to play there uh, or the fitness so uh, I just feel like he's going to be staying at a club uh, I'm guessing he's another 2024 end of contract uh, or in that veins hopefully we get a few games out of him and he can be sold this summer uh, because I don't see how he can do another year at the club um afterwards or is it going to end up like a you know young guy in BYU situation like there's no way we can keep him in the the professional setup at the moment uh, just because of you know the whole you know mentally I don't think he he's helping the the players around him either so yeah no ideal hopefully we can I don't see how after that saga we're going to be able to offload him uh, until the end of January so it's going to be another 6 months with him if we keep on unloading lots of other players, then maybe it's for the best that we actually have people as much as they might play on one leg. Um, you know, we have players around. And otherwise, we'll continuously have to, to upgrade players from the, the academy, which I'm sure we can possibly get to afterwards. But having that kind of experience can be useful if he gets the right mindset and gets back into it. Yeah, it's, it is a shame when you consider the amount of money that the club spent on him as well after it was Angers they signed him from. And, you know, that season he had there, uh, coming through Arsenal's youth academy, rarely getting a chance at Arsenal, but making a name for himself in league and probably being one of the best players in the league that season. It's it's difficult to see where it's gone so badly, but knee injuries, low moves where, again, he looked like he was getting himself back on track, playing regularly, playing well, and then he does another knee injury. Um, it all just comes down to bad luck, I think, really, and this is just another case of that. But again, the club's got to think from a, a, a staffing point of view, can you keep on keeping hold to players like Jeffrey and Adelaide who failed to deliver on the football pitch and, again, lack the fitness to really make an impact? Um, another one who looks to be leaving seems to be a regular theme. Jonathan is a uh, Holman Fev. You consider that he was the uh, the big spending of the outlay with uh, Blue Nagima Hayesh's um, exit. I think it was eighteen million we spent on him rising to. Anyway, he's rare. besides one good game coincidentally against Lorient where he scored two goals. Um, who are the team he looks to be going to alone until the end of the season? Um, he's rarely produced anything in a Leon shirt. What are your thoughts to this transfer? Fev was a mystery to me. Um, he was clearly a Ligue 1 caliber player, you know, a good Ligue 1 player, and it seemed like a pretty safe bet when you when you got him that he would be a good Ligue 1 player for Lyon. It did his same league, not much of a change, and but I don't know what happened. I, I, he lost complete confidence in his ability. He was played in the wrong position for a while, and He's just, I don't know. I'm not practice. Um, uh, he's a mystery. I, I think if, if he had his peak level, he has a place at Lyon. For sure, according to this current team, he has a place at Lyon. Um, he could rotate with Cherokee. He could also play on the uh, left wing if he has to, even though he mostly plays right wing. But anything, he could play all the forward positions, I think. And so it's pretty disappointing to see him leave. 
Um, but if it's only a six months loan and somehow he's able to actually do what a loan is supposed to do, which is get some playing time and come back and be solid, you know, in your mind and come back at your peak, that would be great. Um, but to me, it's more of those loans that are just a, a goodbye. And uh, at some point, he's going to end up leaving. So I'm not sure exactly um, what his future is. But you could say that for such a big transfer, you know, and, and you know, for some club, the 18 million or 15 million, whatever it was, transfer is not that big. Um, but for us, that was a big transfer at the time. That was, we had lost the Kimaresh and we reinvested the money, part of it, into, into him. And we were saying, this is, you know, how we're going to move forward. And then that's how they sold it to us. They sold us Ndombele and sold us Fev. And they're like, this is better than, than Guimaraesh. And when you look at it, you look at Guimaraesh on one side, who's crushing it in the in Premier League, who's like an, even better than we even thought he was. Um, and then you have on one side Ndombele, who stayed six months on a massive salary, who didn't bring anything really. And then Fev, who turned out to do nothing. That was a terrible use of money again. So... You know, good player. I want to see him succeed. So let's see. Alone is definitely the best option for him right now because he's not going to get better at Lyon. Yeah, you really struggle to see. Even with the lack of forward options, it looks like we're going to be left with if we don't go out and sign somebody, which I hope the club does do. Um, where he fits in at this moment in time, Tete is probably irre- irreplaceable in his position, as is Shirky. And as is Lacazette, so that left side screams out, but I don't think he's favoured to that side. Could possibly do a job there, which might be needed if Barcola gets an injury or can't hit the ground running if he is expected to take that mantle and run forward with it. But again, it's it's not fair to expect somebody who's low in confidence, again, probably not at the peak of his fitness in the same respect as Jeff, because he's not playing, or when he's playing, it's 15-minute cameos. Um, so I think Lorient, who are in a good space, are higher than where you would expect them to be. It's an upgrade on Leon. They're higher than Leon in the table. Uh, would be a good move to him, and it's moving back to similar uh, familiar surroundings, considering the region in the country as well, considering where he was at Brest for his growth as a player as well. So I hope that is one where you say he goes for six months and then comes back and make, can make an impact. But again... It's, it's difficult to predict the future. I guess predicting the future for the next five days then, Tom, and considering some of the... Uh, considering some of the transfer rumours coming in, I'm thinking Elias Giri. My pronunciation could be wrong in that respect. Uh, from Cologne, who's a 6, 28, uh, quite combative but can progress forward. Um, has been linked with Leon. I think we've spoken about him on this podcast before as well. Um, has all the makings of what would be a good signing, but whether that can be actually actioned is yet to be seen. He's linked with two German clubs as well, if you believe reports. And then the interesting rumours at right back are Jed Spence and Tariq Lamptey on possible short-term loan deals. If I either have any legs, I'm not sure, but Fabrizio Romano did report the Tariq Lamptey, so there could possibly be something there. I'll come to um, Ellis Skiri with you, Tom. How do you see him if he does come to Leon, which I don't think he will? Um, how do you see that possibly transpiring? Do you think he'd be a good acquisition? He'd be a good acquisition, 
Um, if you just take the individual player, I don't think it's a position we need to strengthen in unless you consider offloading Thiago Mendes, which is not going to happen. Um, in that sense, you'd be blocking the, the progression of, of Le Penant or El Arouche, uh, which I think is also a player that we are keen to see more of. Uh, there were obviously rumors of him leaving possibly uh, at the start of the window, so um, particularly after the Chambéry game. So that's a player I definitely want to see more. He's training with the professionals today. Um, there's no game for the reserves this weekend, so that might be a reason why. But um, I don't think that's a position we need to strengthen in. And in the sense of priorities, he's not there. Um, I don't think it'll happen either way. But if you're purely asking on on like a footballing basis, yes, he's a he's a pretty decent player and. He's he's not groundbreaking like um, you know Bruno was, but he he's a you know been he had a really good game against Bayern as Jonathan said before the episode, um, and been a consistent player uh, in in Germany. Um, I I think he played for Montpellier before leaving, if I'm correct. Uh, so um, yeah, he he was pretty decent over there as well. So. Yeah, decent player, but obviously having other clubs on the on the on top of him, um, asking him to come, especially in Germany where he doesn't have to move too far, then that's definitely going to be more interesting to him. Uh, seeing especially, I think that's something we need to remember is that everyone, particularly French speaking players, um, will know about the context that we have at OL, and as much as Texto has brought some sort of financial. Not necessarily stability, but maybe progression in the in the months and years to come. Uh, the the short term project at OL is really worrying, and seeing the the you know the mental breakdowns of some of the players, I don't think it's a healthy environment for people to come into. And players will know that before coming. Their agents will know that. And as much as Lequipe try and defend the stature of the club and say OL and Lyon, you know, as a city are are huge and. We can all accept that, but I think until six months to a year, once we start seeing change at the top and, and a healthier environment between the players and the, the board, then that's not going to entice any player to come over. Yeah, really agree with your sentiment on the project at the moment. There's probably I don't know the two German clubs are unnamed, but you would probably think they're better than the a better proposition than the OL project at the moment, which is really try, like trying to sell a waterproof tea bag. It's, there's no instance on where a player would choose Lyon over a team that has some form of possibility of playing European football next season or, again, winning a trophy this season or even partaking in European football for the remainder of this season. So... Um, again, I guess that's probably the difficult sell with trying to recruit forwards. There's been rumours of William Isidore from Locomotive Moscow who's chosen Lorient over Lyon. Um, Terran Muffy was reported by Lequipe, favouring Marseille or Nice. Um, the two right-backs, which I'll come to you on, Jonathan, do you have really any strong opinions on either of those coming in, in Tari Clampty or the other one escaped me, having just mentioned his name, um, Jed Spence from Tottenham. Um, how do you feel about either of those replacing Gusto if it was to have happen? To be fair, I, 
I don't have a huge knowledge on on either of those players. Um, the player is Brighton, right? The first one. Um, I, I I've seen him before, although he never really stood out to me as this uh, player that I would I would want. Um, the the Tottenham player, I can say I don't know him whatsoever. Um, but it's just what what doesn't make sense to me at Lyon is usually the coach gives instructions as to what he wants and sporting director finds players that match the criteria. Not saying I agree with Blanc, but Blanc is giving us specific requirements of what he wants. He wants experienced players. He wanted Lovren. Lovren came in. Good. That's what he wants. He wants experienced players. So I, I don't understand these unproven younger players that he would like. Skiri is a good option. Very good option. Unfortunately, we got there too late. Six months ago, a year ago, we could have gotten him. Now it's too late. Um, but the the right backs that we've targeted are exciting. The right back we should be targeting is Traore from Rennes. That's the right back we should be targeting. He's 30. He's captain of Rennes. He plays Ligue 1. He could play as a starter. He could play as a backup. He's totally fine. And we could offer him a salary that would be similar to what he gets now or even more. Um, so I would think that that's the option we should be getting. But, you know, I don't know what... The options are. I know the club has money because, like I said, we offered twenty million on on how Joe Gomez, and we offered a bigger salary than it was what he was going to get at Wolverhampton. So I'm supposed that's a pretty decent offer. So there is money there. If we sell Malagusto, we need to reinvest the money right away in that position. And um, you know, I just don't think any of the players that are rumored so far in Foot Mercato or other uh, websites are are really pursued i don't think they're the options i think they're just names of agents throwing them out there to try to get some buzz for their clients because they know leon's in the market so add leon to the list of any player and then right away it becomes more of a buzz and and, and hear it in the news so so far i think i think shiru is doing nothing i think he's on the beach and he's having fun and he's getting a tan and there's no options there's no rumors He's not actually pursuing anyone that we could get. You know, he, he maybe had his eyes on things that were too good for us and he couldn't get them. And now he's he's scrambling and there's a week left and all the players that he wanted are already interested in other clubs. And I don't know. I, I really think that... And, for, and last thing on Malagusto, I'm... Uh, you know, Olas's tweet makes it clear, I think, that he's sold. But maybe they agreed to a six-month loan or a loan until June 30th. You know, that's basically basically clear that the contract with Gusto goes to that date and he'll be there until then. So um, maybe they don't convince Chelsea to keep him and to, to let us stay with us for a bit. Um, but also crazy decision for Gusto because like we like you mentioned all of you before, you know, I think Reese James is one of the best right backs in the world. And I don't really understand why anyone want to compete with him when you're 19 years old. It just seems silly. But, you know, money talks, as we say. Um, so at the right-back position for Lyon, I haven't seen a single rumor that I could say I believe it's credible by any player. Yeah, you could probably say the same with most of the rumors, to be honest. we, In terms of incomings, we are clutching at straws. So for the last question, I'm going to give you the job of Shiru, which you'd probably be better off. I think that's the general consensus of all of us. Um, you've got that 20 million euros we've spoke about from Joao Gomez to sign a player that you think OL need. Um, this is ill-prepared, so if you just want to talk about position, that's fine. But I'll come to you first, Tom, if you could go out there and say maybe even two players with that 20 million euros. Um, where would you think Leon massively need to strengthen? 
I think even before Toko can be left, uh, we said with Jonathan on the previous episode that left mid uh, was probably the prime position and a guy that scores goals and assists or at least creates opportunities for others to score are not going to come cheap. Like I don't see us buying someone significantly better than than Barcola um, for under 15 million. So I don't see us... If that's the position we're going for, that's that's going to be the twenty million altogether. Um, can I give you a name? I mean, it's going to have to be in France because we all, you know, we know it's we're not going to get a some sort of Brazilian winger to come in and and be superb. Um, you know, six months ago, <laughs> Bertrand Troyer, of course. Uh, six months ago, I said before the World Cup, obviously Cody Hakpo would have been the priority for me, but. Um, Seeing as 20, mil- 20 million was the price that Brentford were putting on the table. So, was he ever going to sign that OL? Absolutely not. But, um, you know, that's the player I would have gone for. Kovara uh, Skelia, of course, uh, that'd be the priority. Leao also. Um, no, I, I don't really have uh, names in mind right now, but I would guess it'd be someone in Ligue 1, maybe Mavadidi. Uh, seeing the context that uh, that Montpellier are in, um, you know he's been consistent over the last two years. Um, uh, I, I guess you could play Wai Elias Wai as well on, on the left to an extent, but um, yeah, Mavididi. If I had to choose in France, would probably be the, the player I'd go for, or, or you know try snitching from from a because that's the thing. If you start going for really top talents, they're probably going to be playing for Lille, Rennes, Marseille, and they're not going to really want to drop down to OL uh, as much as we might be able to give them a better salary and so on. Uh, so if they're playing uh, because they're good players, uh, then then it's probably up there. Um, I haven't followed enough of the other clubs throughout Ligue 1 to, to know all the wingers, but I'd suppose that a new one from the likes of Montpellier, um, you know, Nice. Um, what I've said a year ago, what I said, Justin Cloyver, to try that one again, you know, do another Memphis redemption. But it seems like it's going well for him at Valencia. So, no. Um, yeah, if I had to choose after all of that, I would say Mavididi. Just if I had to, ill, Ill prepared, I would have said Mavididi. There we go. I like Mavididi as an option, possibly some English bias in there. It's nice to see English players in the league. And- but, yeah, I think the left side is probably somewhere you're going to go as well, Jonathan. Maybe I'm wrong, but same question to you. If you had 20 million euros sat there as the director of football or technical director responsible for transfers, who would you go with? Sure. So, I would um, the player that I would target for Ligue 1 would be Moises Simon from Nantes, who's a left winger, who is worth maybe 10, 10-ish million. Um, I think he would not mind going from Nantes to Lyon. You know, it's a, still a step up. So I, I would target him. Um, there's my favorite player in the Brazil league that I always step. Every time we do this thing, I say the same player. His, his name is Ronnie from Palmeiras. He's a star. Don't understand why he's not in Europe yet. He's also a left winger and a forward, starting for the best team in South America. I don't understand why he's not in France yet or in Europe. Um, and then I would use some of that money, like I said, on, on Traore from Rennes. At the right back. That's how I would spend the money. Get Traore, get Simon, 
you do those two things, I think it's a pretty good transfer window. Yeah, the right back position on Traore, I think he's only got six months left in his contract as well. So in the interest of doing things cheaply, that seems like a good option. Tell me now a chat that you're not able to see has asked for me for a suggestion, and I thought it was a difficult question in the first place. Um, if I was to go for somebody off the top of my head, it's difficult because the right back situation, I'm I've been really impressed with Converdi. I'm not going to lie. I don't. If we were to pin everything on him for the next six months and keep his fitness I wouldn't be too disappointed to be quite honest if we didn't sign a right back I think there wouldn't be much of a massive drop off in terms of performance from Gusto to Kumberdi neither are fantastic defensively but both massively like to go forwards Um, in terms of attacking players I'm struggling I would have said Moffy to be quite honest he's my favourite striker in league and um, he's not in adept at playing into channels could he work with Lacazette in a two and you see a change in formation probably not um, Gouri again we're not going to go in and sign him after everything that's happened um, I do like Dalinga at Toulouse I think he's really adept in the final third Again, he can play multiple positions. I think he'd be able to play on the left as well as playing in through the middle. But again, he's probably a similar profile to Tokoa Kambi in the fact that he's got the qualities and skill set of a striker in terms of the fact that he's a bit instinctive. He's quite selfish. But again, he's not um, He's not got that direction of a Tete, say so, as a winger. Um, other than that, without strolling through FB ref for an hour to find the perfect player like I've done in the past with Noah Lang and people like that on uh, these transfer episodes. I'm afraid I've not got uh, I've not got the next um, explosive player who's going to tear the world alight in the same way I predicted for Noah Lang and it's not uh, paid off. Tom, you want to jump in? Well, I think there's been some of the names on, on the chat that are worth mentioning. I just put in Sofian Bouffal who clearly wants to leave Angers. Um, Jonathan seems unimpressed by my suggestion because he would perfectly get along with Shirky and I'd feel bad for the right back on the other side. Uh, like some of the ankles might get broken, but Bufal, I don't think is the best element in the dressing room, uh, but a tre- tremendous player. Um, there's, there's no doubt after his World Cup that he, he's talented and then obviously, I mean, the, the whole Moffy and Bamba Dieng situation seems to cry out for someone to come and snatch one of them up um, to, to, to sign. But that would, again, mean probably changing some sort of the formation um, to, to, to adapt to two strikers. And uh, last name I'll, I'll put in just for, for future reference because he doesn't seem to want to extend his contract is Bronco van den Boomen from, from Toulouse. Um, prime talent. I'm not sure the mentality is quite there, um, seeing how he's treated his, his current employers. Uh, but if we are to sell someone like Awar in the summer, that's definitely someone who can up. Well, obviously he'll be 28, but he he is very talented and literally for once actually have someone who can sh- take free kicks. I mean, as much as we've heralded um, 
Togo Mendes on direct free kicks recently. He is one hell of a free kick taker. So, yeah, Van der Boomen this summer on the free and, and Dalinga or someone like that um, would be also interesting. Just think of one from Toulouse. They'll, you know, they're all data researched and done properly. We just have to snatch up the work done by uh, by the direction and the English scouts that they have at Toulouse. Yeah, uh, I think I'm on a dead note. I don't have any more options. I was thinking Jonathan Bamba, maybe, from Lille. It's not the most inspired option. Um, possibly Dango Guitara would have been brilliant, but obviously he's gone to Bournemouth. Um, Enzo Lafay, do it, but he's definitely not going to come to Leon. Um, I don't know any more from you, Jonathan, or shall we wrap the episode there? No, I know. I'll throw out more names as long as you want, you know, but they're not, they're not, they're not listening to Historically, us. Yeah. I mean, we do remember Jonathan putting in 50 names in that famous two hour episode from two years yeah, ago. So. Jonathan's podcast debut. I got yeah. names. I got a, a Boca Juniors left winger. <laughs> really good player. I'm telling you, these guys, you'll hear them someday. I think on that note, we'll, uh, we'll leave it to uh, Bruno Shilu and his um, excellent video scouting department. Um, to hopefully bring us some adequate players to make sure that the end of season doesn't go up in smoke and sees us drawn closer to a relegation battle than we are towards Europe. But again, there's there's still lots to happen. I'm sure by the time this episode goes out, lots of these rumours will have either puffed up in smoke or have gone through. So we'll see what happens. But again, it's Leon, so who knows? Thanks as always for joining me, guys. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Bye.